Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports, uh, here broadcasting from uh, Midtown Manhattan. Of course, across my friend and co-host, the great Jamal Murphy. Good to be here. Good to hear your voice again. You know, you just popped in on us last time. That's right. You were, I was like, you were at the beginning. I, I was on supposed to be on books about. Yeah, what's, up, what's up with that book? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess, anyway, I guess I guess is the um, making a yet a second appearance. Yes, uh, is the uh, the tremendous uh, Angela Yee. Hi, she's the um, friend of the show. Oh, great, great friend of the show. Uh, last time she was on the show, and everybody knows Angela from the Breakfast Club, right. the world famous, globally acclaimed <laughs> yeah. Breakfast Club. Last time you were on the show was January. We just looked it up, January 2016. Oh wow, almost a year. Yeah, yep, it's almost yep, a year. Yep. A couple of days for your uh, 25th birthday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> but since then, since then, so how have you been since then? That the show, which was always tremendous, but the show now I think is like the top rated. Uh, what, urban radio talk show in, in the country? Yeah, we do good. I mean, it's been seven years for us mm. that we've been on the air together as a team. Mm. And mm. a lot of people didn't think it was going to last as long as it did, not even through the first year. So, you know, we're just really thankful that every year it's been growing. We've been getting added in more markets. We're in mm. like 80 markets now. Wow. And on Revolt TV every day still and still got the weekend show. So mm. it's been really great for us. Let me, let me ask you a question. I mean, I want to save this for later, but... You know, now everybody's doing podcasts. You you actually have a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you got your lip, lip service. Lip, lip service. service. Um, <laughs> but you know, everybody's doing a podcast now. Everybody, and so I'm always, I always want to ask people who are successful, mm -hmm. and everybody. Well, what's is there? Is there a, a um, when you look at your success, going back like you know when you started seven years ago? Uh, a, I don't know if you thought you'd be here with this, but what when you look back on it, what, what sort of the markers of success or the things that you did. I don't know if you could put it in like a textbook or just kind of just stuff just kind of happened. Well, as far as radio, I started off as Sirius XM radio, right? And I was there for six years. And I guess when I knew I was getting some success was when I got my own nighttime show. So I was a co-host on the morning show with Cypher Sounds. And then I ended up getting my own nighttime show. So that was kind of a big deal for me to have my own show. Mm. And then after that, when Cypher left, they gave me the morning show there. And I, get, I got an offer at Hot 97 at the same time. So that also was nice to know that people like want you other places. Right. But I ended up staying at Sirius to do my own show. So having a nighttime show and then having my own morning show and being the only woman on the whole station. Mm. All you those know, things. Yeah, it was a big deal. And, you know, certain things like meant a lot to me, like the source. I remember early on in my career in radio acknowledged me and like their power mm. issue that they do every year. So I wasn't on the list, you know, when I first started my show, but I made it like as a some they didn't have like a radio list yet, but they did give me like some type of mention. So that was a big deal to me, too. And then. Before I left Sirius, I had offers from different cities like Philly, Atlanta, and then finally New York came through. But it's just nice to know that you feel successful when people are really reaching out to you. I remember a program director reached out to me. I had never even met him before in person. And he hit me up on Facebook like, hey, I love what you're doing. We would love to um, meet you and talk to you about coming to do radio here. And I was like, wow, people I don't even know mm. are reaching out to me from other markets. So that kind of made me feel good. Was that like a, was a confidence booster? Like how did it help you? 
Was it was it a confidence thing or something else? I think a lot of times we do things and we don't know if we're as good as we think we are. Yeah, you know, a, yeah, a lot of times, yeah, yeah. just kind of like even yeah. when you grow up in a certain neighborhood and you never really leave that neighborhood, so you don't know what the rest of the world is mm. like or how people view you and you don't know how to view other people. Because I started in Satellite, it's so different than FM radio as far as a lot of the people I work with, they know all the program directors. Right, they know. Right, right, I didn't right. know any of those people. Yeah. I was in Satellite radio. So for me, it was good to know that this was like a real career. Before that, I had... Kind of, you know me, Jamal. I've mm-hmm. always had different little jobs here and there and always floating around, never staying anywhere for more than like a couple of years. So finally, when I did radio, that's when you realize there's a difference between having a job and having a career. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you, <coughs> I'm choking. Uh, <laughs> Have some port. Yeah, you Have gotta, some port. Um, <laughs> Downton Abbey from that. Why was drinking port? And uh, I was trying to ask them, did y'all see, watch Downton Abbey? And, and, <laughs> and so. The reason I brought it up is because so, so Angela Googled it. It's in nineteen twelve when I was fifteen. <laughs> it, was t- it, was TV, it was TV in nineteen twelve. <laughs> <laughs> on my planet, on planet Roden. Yeah, but at the end of every, at, you know, it was you know it was very very formal. You know, they had the butler, and every after every dinner they would retire to the big den. That's what and, I do. And the guy would me too. And the, mm, the and the guy would pour them port. It, it, in the evening with a glass of port. And right. I said, damn, man, I really sound, looks, it looks fancy. It looks fancy. Yeah. Right. So, so, so when I left the Times and had my thing at Chocolat, mm-hmm. a friend of mine bought me a, uh, a bottle of port. And I said, well, I never heard about it. So, of course, I drank it. I said, wow, this is great. It's pretty good. So, so I took my daughter. We went to um, uh, Portugal last mm-hmm. month, two months ago, and uh, which is where port is that's where they make it. That makes sense. And yeah. so port. Ah. So we went. So we I went to. We, so we went to Porto uh, in, in uh, Portugal, and all there's one right by this really gorgeous town. But one after the other, all the big factories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman is what we're drinking, but they've got Taylor. One right after another, all the places where they make the port. And Should we took be in the Puerto tour. Rico. <laughs> That's how, Trump, that's how Trump pronounces it. <laughs> now, see, that is something the president would say. I thought, I thought, I thought port was made in Puerto Rico. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, what I, what did, I bring, did you bring back a bunch of bottles? How about that? Well, no. Okay, come on. Well, no. Well, this one, uh, but we, I did. We did go to this one, Sandman. Okay. And they gave this really great tour. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, you have ten-year ports, mm-hmm. twenty, thirty. 40, right. and you can really start telling uh, the difference. They, we, they don't drink it out of plastic. Oh, this one says, like what? what 1790. Well, well, I think that's when the that's when the company that's when the company, that's when the company was built. Oh, was, Bill, you went all out yeah, for us. She, you scared Cheers. me. I was like, oh, well, when you said when when, when 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 you said that Angela was coming out of the shot, I said, like, hey man, hey, you had to step the, your game up. Right. Mm-hmm. But but, but the, my question was that, um, uh, to, you know, so. Um, you're going to be talking to some students a little later on that deal with the Roden Fellows. And they're always wondering, these these kids, are they go to HBCUs, and they're always wondering in this business, well, how do you how do you get to be an Angela Yee? And they're, they're like 19, 20, they're junior, sophomores in college. And I'm always, fa- it's hard to kind of come up with like a, well, this is how you do it. You do this, you do that, you do that. And and I don't know if you found that. I don't know if there's like a, if there's a formula to it. Is it just, we say hard work or showing up or it's kind of as luck, it's, you know, connections. I think for all of us, we had a different path in how we got here. But there's one thing that is always the same, and that is that you really do have to work harder than everybody else. 
you know, none of us will say, oh, it just all happened for me. I didn't really put any effort. You have to put so much effort. And it took a long time for all of us to get to where we are right now. You know, you look at me, and I've been doing radio for 13 years now. Mm. That's a mm. long time. Mm. And before that, I had a whole other career doing marketing. If you look at Envy, he was started off at Hot 97. He was there for ever, and he was doing mixtapes before that. And then he finally made it over to Power 105, and he was doing afternoons, and then he got to mornings. Charlemagne got fired four different mm. times from different mm. jobs. He was in... South Carolina, North Carolina, and then got on with Wendy and then got let go from there and mm. then was doing Philly, then got mm. fired from there. Mm. And so a lot of times there's going to be setbacks, but sometimes those setbacks aren't really setbacks. It's just setting you up for something even bigger. It's just how you react to it. A lot of times we get discouraged from different things and it doesn't work out the way we intended it to, but that doesn't mean I'm not good. It right, just means, right. okay, it's time to right. regroup and figure out what's my next step. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, it's important to get that, to get to get that appreciation or feel, you know, get some people, to, you know, telling you you're doing a good job, mm-hmm. because then I guess that allows you to to say, hey, th- I can, this can be my career, I can let go of, you know, whatever the side things I'm doing, because that's what you have to do, right? You have to go all in. Yeah, when I started at Sirius, I definitely stopped doing everything. Like, I wasn't going anywhere. You can start doing your side things again once you master what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, you, and you'll always be improving that. But I did focus so much on trying to get really great at radio before I started doing other things, too. So I was like, let me cut out everything else, focus on this, get really good at it, get comfortable. Then once you get comfortable, that's when it's time for you to figure out, okay, what other things can I be doing? How'd, how'd you get good? Like, what, what kind of stuff did you do? You have to listen to yourself. Mm. And that's a really hard thing for people to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, like, I hate the way my voice sounds. Right. And so I would go, and I was so terrible. I still have my first shows. Mm-hmm. And I was mm. so terrible when I first started, and I would listen to it. It was so painful. But it was the only way that I could get better was for me to listen to how I sounded and say, okay, you're saying the word like too much. You're saying um too mm. much. Mm. I don't like the way your voice sounds mm. too monotonous like just certain mm. things you have to critique about mm. yourself and really pay attention so you know not to do those things and to correct them a lot of people will just go in do it and leave they don't pay attention right. and go back and listen to it and then you have to let other people who have some type of expertise critique you also and not get offended right and that to be honest with you <laughs> and, and it never ends i mean mm-hmm. at, at every juncture of your of your um uh, of your career you always have to do some soul searching. I mean, I spent what thirty-four years at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm with ESPN, undefeated, like a new kind of thing. And it's sort of guy you forget everything you did. So yeah, that was then. Yes, it was. You know, thirty a great career, blah 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 blah. But that was then. Right. This is now, and it's a it's a new thing. And you know, uh, the executive editor is a guy. You know, Kevin Merida was at the Washington Post. Uh, John X. Miller was okay, but not now. We're here, mm-hmm. and it's a whole like it's a whole new thing, and and you have to then you know it's critique, and and I was had to look myself in the mirror because <laughs> I'm not crazy. I mean, even though I was a columns like critiquing people, it's like in a fast break. Teams at press don't like to be press, so and, and, really, team and and, right. and people who critique sometimes hate to hear it. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes uh, ego could get into it. Yes. And, and somebody just gave me a book. It's called Ego is Enemy. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to pick it up because I had it for about a couple of years. Somebody kind of gave me a lecture. I said, you know, 
I'm hearing you talk and you've written a little note and the word I is in your note about four <laughs> times. Is this is this about you or is this about so so to your to your point, mm-hmm. this never ends. I mean right. no matter how it just never is the process just never ends. And you can't always do, like, you can't take the same way of thought that you had at one place and bring it to another place. Right. And sometimes it's good for you to restructure and regroup. Like, even with our show, we're always trying to figure out, okay, is this working? Maybe we need to get rid of this. Maybe we need to try this. There's always ways you can improve certain yeah. things and give mm-hmm. it some more life. Yeah. What was the, well, at Sirius, you, you mentioned you had you were co-host on a morning show, then you had your own show. What was the difference there? Like, What, what did you have to adjust to? Uh, it was more of I had to talk a lot more. Like when I was Cypress co-host, my job was this. Like he would come in and I had to have everything set up. So he would more like bounce off of what I was saying, but I would present everything and then he would react to it. So a lot of what I did was preparation, mm. which is great because I still do that. Right. You know, it helps me so much like that I come up with my own stories. I pay attention to everything going on. So it's not just somebody putting something in front of me and then me saying, OK, let me just read this. I always kind of know what's going on. I, I like being prepared. Yeah. And so it was more of me like coming up with my own segments and getting people around me that I wanted to work with me. And everybody's not made to be a leader also, I mm. realize. And some people aren't really good at delegating responsibilities, at being confrontational. And I had to be put in a role where now I'm the boss. So mm. if I have an issue, I have to make sure that that issue gets resolved. You know, it's just a whole different situation because now it's on you when things don't sound good and things don't work out. You can't really blame anybody else. Right, right, right. As much as you may want to. Right. right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, don't it's think not that. my show. Yes, <laughs> <That's laughs> right. it is. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. Um, when you were on the show uh, last year, this time, of course, you know, I was doing uh, prep work on, you know, who Angela you. And the thing is, is that there's an art to making it seem like it's kind of extemporaneous, mm-hmm. but really... You really prepare, right? And 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 I, I'm telling you that the students that sometimes like with musicians, the more you prepare, the more you could make it sound like right. It's just kind of coming out of nowhere, but none of this stuff comes out of nowhere. It's conversational, mm-hmm. and people right. appreciate when you interview them and you have some information about them. Right. And sometimes it's harder to interview people that you actually know for real because you think you don't need to do any research. That's right. Right. That's and right. I've seen that happen too, where people might be so cool with someone, they yeah. just show up like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's things yeah. you don't know, you know? That's right. There's something they don't want you to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of it, I guess that segues into our segment about sexual harassment. Right? Oh, man. No, well, How did that happen? Ouch. No, no, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, because, that was kind of. I don't know if that was a great segue. <laughs> Sometimes you just like a bull in a china closet. <laughs> All right, well, enough of that. <laughs> but you know, I, I was because. You, you, well, never mind. I was gonna make a joke. But. Well, no, well nah, be nah, careful. Yeah, yeah. No, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, I won't do hey, it. Amen. You can't really whole, joke. I've learned listen, a lot. I've learned a lot. We, listen, we're learning minute by minute. The whole. Again, this is something else we were talking to. Uh, I was talking to the fellows about these are kids. I said, you know, the whole. Um, what's the word the rules mm-hmm. the rules have changed right. almost before our eyes but have they well the rules well, should better, have always they, been the same they I just think, never were enforced yeah they weren't enforced <laughs> I think like some of this <laughs> stuff like like a lot of the the thing that bothers me about some of the apologies the so called apologies of the guys who have been caught they're saying yeah you know uh, I'm sorry if, if I, you know, I, I might have right. stepped over the line, or I thought I thought it, my feelings were being reciprocated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, if, if you're pulling your, your your stuff out on a desk, 
and the, and the woman recoils. I don't see how you think that was reciprocated. I don't even or even that. or even not even that. You know, you know, some people have been accused of groping people. That and, and right. the person tenses up and recoils. I don't think that's that's not reciprocation. Right. Yeah, no, no. no. I, I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you think, Angela? What what's sort of been your reaction to? It's like one after the. I mean, some of the some of the biggest names in our industry have just you know 20, 30, 35 years just you know had their careers ruined uh what's been your your um reaction as somebody who's in the industry and and and, and as a woman mm-hmm. in the industry in any industry really yeah. but especially yeah. I think in it's great this industry. I think it's great that this is happening right, right now because it is hard to be a woman in this industry where people feel like they can do whatever they want say whatever they want and a lot of young women and women in general are just nervous about coming forward and saying anything because they're scared they'll be blacklisted. They're scared no one's going to believe them. They're scared that they're the ones who will get fired. It's just a lot of fear that women have that men are able to get away with these things. And part of that is because women didn't have those positions of power. And there's not, like in Hollywood, the amount of women who are directors is like 4% or something like that. And so because we don't have these positions, we rely on these men. Right. And they use that power that they have against us as kind of a weapon. I was reading what Salma Hayek had to say about her experience with Harvey Weinstein and just basically like how he just treated her terribly Mm. and just his the way that he would use his power he was humili- he would humiliate men and then he would hu- it's humiliating for a woman for those things to happen i think his ex assistant came out and she had an nda but she just broke that and came out and just talked about different things that he was doing mm. you know in the office and it's kind of like he hasn't said i'm sorry and right. and even if he did does it matter no that he's I th- sorry i think yeah i think it does matter i think because well, you're because you're, you're saying no you're no but acknowledging it you know, like right. acknowledge it, like taking responsibility. Like uh, what's his name of uh, Franken, Mario like, uh, like even Al oh. Franken, who, you know, I liked him as a senator. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like, uh, you know, I'm an, I'm anti-Trump, of course. Um, I want the Democrats to have as much power as they can. He was one of the the high-powered senators, um, but it, it to me, you know, if you, you can't go around taking pictures of people and and groping them, and then and you get up there and say, well, you know. I'm I'm just you know I don't want to I don't want to say anything because I respect their fight the woman's fight but you know some of the things that have been said may not be true either either they're true or they're not come out and say come right. out and say what you have to say you're leaving this gray area um and and you're using it as as an excuse that you know I'm I'm here for the women's fight really <laughs> right what I really right. hope that moving forward now that men realize things that you cannot do and they don't even try it anymore. But I think we've always real like I've always known what I what I can and can't do. Um sometimes sometimes if you step over the line, you step over the line, but you know it. So I'm not buying, you know, when when guys say, Oh well I didn't know. But I you know what's hard? When you're in an office where everybody's doing those things mm-hmm. and no one's getting any repercussions from okay. it. Okay. And so now so there's the culture. Right. So well, now there's repercussions. Yeah, there's people. I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, and I, I know a lot of guys are going back through their rolodexes now. Right. Saying, oh my God! What are they? <laughs> I mean, because listen, I know there's people scared to death that they're going to be next. There are a lot. As, yeah, trust me, there are a lot of folks. And the key, and the key uh, thing too I'm is not one of them. The, the, key, <laughs> the key, the key thing too is power. I promise. Yeah, but the key thing too is the power. 
You <laughs> sound convincing, Bill? Really? Say yeah. that again? Go wild enough. But the, the, key, the, key, the key thing. Because if you did it, Bill, we will pull up the audio. Bill, you got to call. Just a Bill, you got to call. But the key, but the key thing is the, is the power. Like, if you had power, right. it was different from a, from a, guy, a, co, a regular coworker uh, asking, you know, someone out or, you know, repeatedly asking someone out, even though that can be harassment too. But it's when you have the power over that person, right. which, not, which few people have. Mm-hmm. That's the thing and by, about power. And by, and by the way, I think that because there there are a couple instances not really played up that well about same sex things. Mm-hmm. And and in other words, this is about power. Right. right. I mean, we're, right like now, Terry Crews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right exactly. Right. Terry mm-hmm. Crews and somebody else. Kevin Spacey. Kevin yeah. Spacey. Yeah. I like that show. Uh, House of Cards. Uh, but oh, well. I guess it, he was a, uh, the cards. <laughs> he was a great actor. He was a great uh, clearly. Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yeah, he was a great actor. Clearly, uh, but you know, um, somebody told me about another about a woman. Who was who was trying to hit on another woman, right? And would send her stuff and all. That. And finally, right. you know, they had to. She had to go, right? You know, but but but. So was, you're right. It's a power dynamic. But I guess the question is, um, have the rules really changed? You know, I mean, we say, or are guys just you know say, okay, well, I'm just not going. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait this out. I'm going to wait this. Yeah, I'm just not going to wait this storm out. And yeah. then five, you know, five years from now, it's back to the, the same. But I don't. I think something's changing. Right, because I think women now feel more empowered to speak out too. Right. Like when you see somebody that you look at as so powerful, like these women that we admire so much, and see that they went through this, and now they're speaking out about it, that makes you feel like okay, at least I know that there's a chance, more of a chance that people will believe you, and they can. You can look to other people that have spoken out right. that you never would have thought. Like, I can't believe this happened to Rose McGowan. I can't, right. you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's look at, at your industry and to some extent. Our, we, we're both kind of come out of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sports thing here. Yeah, you're NFL here. Network, boy. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I like one. But, but, you know, I guess I guess I'm, I'm less surprised. And I don't know how you feel about this because in, in our industry, the sports industry, there's so much entitlement, and it starts when you're like 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12, true, true. That, that, that nothing, particularly the better you are, no, no, no sin is big enough to be washed away if you're really, really good. And you learn that really right. early. And I don't know if it's the same thing in the entertainment industry where it's not quite as you're not like on the team. It's wow, you can really sing. You, you, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. As opposed, to you but you get, know, the, some of the music that we listen to is very misogynistic. Yes, and women like it, and men like it too. So, it, it is a culture of that as well. Right. Like this is how sometimes men view women, and it's not the most flattering. Right. Uh, but I always wondered, even seeing videos where men are yeah. doing things to women. Yeah. No, so the, so, the so, music is so, crazy. So, so, so to me. <sighs> You know, and, and again, this sort of deals with the triumph of money. I mean, when money becomes the highest value, we're in trouble. And I think that's kind of where we are now. When, when money becomes the highest value of any society, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. And, and I think because people say, well, you're right. I'm seeing these videos, but I want to be in one because I'm trying to mm-hmm. get right, it done. Right, right. At, 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 at what point does it become incumbent on the woman or the stripper or the, the dancer that, 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 yeah, to, to say, listen, I'm not doing I mean, I'm not doing this. And sometimes it's not even just about money. It's about the attention, you know, that you get because you see all these people on TV. We don't know if they're getting people do stuff for free, you know, and you don't know how much right. money they're making. But you in your head have this vision of like, oh, my God, you know, she's on Love and Hip Hop. She's doing so well. It's so exciting. She just got into a fight. She's dating five different people. 
and you think to yourself, wow, I want to get on TV. Because, uh, like I said, I think sometimes people don't have the patience to say, I want to do this in a way that's, you know, you just see people get famous overnight. Right. Wait, but everything we said at this table, mm-hmm. we're at the table, guys. Everything we said at this table was not, was, was not about overnight. Right, it's in terms not. of in terms of career stuff, and that's never was, something right. that is going to really have like a foundation for you. Right. It, you know, when you have the opportunity and the platform to do something and you take it, then you got to figure out, okay, now what's next? And now I still have to really grind extra hard now that I'm given this opportunity, or else it's a wasted opportunity. Yeah, you know. But I do feel like for women, a lot of women do have issues like. You know, women have daddy issues. They have issues Mm. with how they were raised, with the people that they saw around them, with information that they're given, with the way that men have treated them. Mm. And that's why it's really important for men to treat our women better and for women to respect ourselves even more. But I do, I put the onus on the men because we're talking about, you know, I mean, some of this stuff is, a a lot of this stuff is a crime, right? You're you're violating Mm -hmm. people. So... You know, the women can have whatever issues. Like, you, you know, I've had, I've had, I've talked to women who have said, you know, you give them a particular uh, hypothetical of what happened, you know, even in the Russell Simmons case, mm-hmm. where one of the, the women, the woman who had the uh, famous uh, f- father who was a writer or something like that or music, in music. The woman who was a um, movie director? Yeah, and the she, movie yeah. director. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, her story, Names, her story, I can't, you know, her story was something, you know, she stayed in the, she was Wasn't in the car. Wasn't her mom like Lena Horne or something like that? I can't remember. Okay. But she was in the car voluntarily, you know, so stuff like that and she you know she went to the house but she said i think she said that he she didn't want to go to his house but then he said the they driver. were going to stop by somebody else. he was oh, going to yeah. drop her off right. and instead he took her he to took, his apartment he took mm-hmm. her all the way and she, you know but i i talked to people who do you know women who said oh well you know she didn't try hard enough to get away and i'm like well maybe you're just smarter you know and sh- and should and should the, or she's more street smart or whatever and sh- and should the fact that she is not you know, should that you know? Does that make it okay for the guy to yeah. do that? And does and should she be at fault because she's not? Just because you may not have done that, or you would have and tried harder. And people say what they would do in a situation, but true. until That's you right. get in the situation, you true. don't know what That's might right. happen. Yeah, there, there was a fact, and and the thing is, we're talking about high profile people. What about just the regular, right, mm-hmm. just the regular no worker out there right. who doesn't, who's never going to have any access to. Just remember what a few years ago, the maid at the hotel. Yeah, yeah, the, and French, the, World the French, Bank, the yeah, French, the French guy. The oh Bank yes, guy, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe that sort of was the. He beginning. got off. Did he get off? Yeah, he, he eventually got off. He didn't. You know, he wasn't convicted for sure. But yeah. it, I'm surprised that it even went as far as it did right. too, which right. is great. Well, I'm glad it did. But just the fact that like people even paid attention. Right. You know. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. I was watching the. Um, uh, I don't want to kind of get into what you're watching these days. Mm-hmm. No, no, clearly, it's not Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what about the Crown? Are you watching the Crown? No. Do you know about that? Yes, I do know about that. Why? Why does not excite anybody? Black folks. I mean, the Crown. You know, it's I still, about. I still haven't. Uh, you, know? you brought that but up it, a couple. A while I, I watched Billions. I heard that was good. Well, no, that is good, but that's still kind of like shooting them up. You know. <laughs> well, no, that's, and that's I watched. Good. I watched. She's got to have it. The, oh, the series? How is, yeah. How is that? That was good. I enjoyed it a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And you know that's interesting because that movie that you know is based on the movie that's, that's Spike Lee's Spike. first movie right. he ever did, right. which I've seen so, multiple times. Right, mm-hmm. and to see this like come back, a lot of people never saw the movie mm-hmm. and never heard of it, so it was interesting to see because it kind of like is perfect for this time period. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just to see a woman who's making these decisions, right? Where she's single, she's sleeping with four different people, three mm-hmm. guys and one woman. Mm-hmm. They all know, and she's honest about it. So it's not like she's lying or hiding anything. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of want to be with her, Mm. you know, but yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the freedom because, you know, men do it all the time. Right. Some, but very, very, very rarely. Not all of you. Very, very rarely are they. (laughs) I'm sure at some point. Very rarely are they honest. What? Three. I'm sure at some point you dated multiple women. Nah, Bill was a good guy, man. When you were younger. Me too. And I'm sure your friends high-fived you. Yeah, at at Morgan. What? <laughs> you know, it's a, new day, it's a new day. Well, but you know, it's interesting too, and it's I, I can't. But and this kind of goes back to college things. I mean, you know, there was a time when, like, if a woman, like an older woman, particularly whether you were, let's say, a student, for example, mm-hmm. and an older woman, like a professor or somebody, hit on you as a woman. If if you're a guy, it's you like it's like it's like a badge of honor. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be harassment. Right. If it was the other way around. It's seen as this, yeah, wow, this exploiting He's your power. And all, but now it's turning around. It's like, yeah, you know, what? it's interesting. Yeah. I interviewed D.L. Hughley on my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And he talked about an incident where he had a woman that was older, and he was he was underage. He was probably like 14, 15. And she would, like, come pick him up and bring her to his house, and he mm-hmm. would have sex with her, and he hated it. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't really want to, but he felt like he had to. Like, she would come around to pick right. him up, and all his friends would be like, oh, yeah, he's about to go get some. Mm-hmm. And then he said one day he was at home outside, and she pulled up, and his mom was like, who is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and she was talking to his mom, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's my friend or whatever. And his mom was like, don't you ever come around here again. And he was so relieved mm-hmm. that he didn't have to go do it. But, like, he felt wow. the pressure, I guess, just as a man. Right. Why would you say, or as a young boy, yeah. Yeah. you can't say no because everybody's acting See, like it's great. Word. And I think Word. There's a lot of pressure for, for and I think that's, that's a, 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 a dynamic that's not necessarily talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. In other words, sometimes your own, this own little cultural thing could be used against you or it could be used in an invisible kind of way nothing said but it's inferred that well what's wrong with you you know right. if right. i'm if That's i'm true. trying what's wrong with you what's are you are you you know right you know what's wrong you know and you feel that well the next thing you know and i guess it all gets into you got to know yourself right but how long does that take i mean i mean you you do have to know who you are what you're about but you know that yeah, i mean the cult the culture itself i mean there's you know peer pressure all that kind of stuff yeah i remember an artist told me one day that um he let this girl, like, you know, perform oral sex on him in the car. He didn't even really want her to. Right. He wasn't attracted to her, but he was like, I mean, right. I'm a guy. What am I supposed to do? Exactly. And and, and it's funny, you know, if, if men and women are honest with each other, sometimes women, you know, will want to do things. And how many? What? Really? Like, you're <laughs> the first guy I met, you know? Right. And I said, well, you know, so... Yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this other series on Netflix that I enjoyed. It was called Friends from College. And I know a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people heard of it, but What's it was it pretty funny. It's on Netflix. And they all went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like now they like hang out. It's so, it's funny to me because I have a real dry sense of humor. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. That's like one of my yeah, favorite yeah, shows. Right. Do you like This Is Us? I haven't seen that. Really? Isn't that, isn't that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't watch it either though. <laughs> Damn, that's two. <laughs> uh, but Curb, Curb you, do you think it fell off this season? 
I I mean I, I had I didn't fun. like it. I mean I only saw a couple episodes this season, but no, I, didn't I enjoyed it. It was pretty funny to me. I love JB Smooth on there. I mm-hmm. think he's so funny. Mm-hmm. No, it had its moments. All right, I gotta watch it. Power. Yeah. yeah, I love Power. That's coming back soon. Mm-hmm. You are you a Game of Thrones person? No. No. No, no, not. I've not, never not, watched Game of Thrones really? ever. Not, and I feel like it's too late now. No, it's well, not. no, not. If you not, watch the first episode, you'd be hooked. No, see, that's, now, that's one got, thing that's we agree. We agree on great Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. right? I know. Because it's kind of like the other thing you were talking about. What? It sounded like. Uh, Downtown Abbey? Yeah. No, heck, no, <laughs> man. Abbey. No, Game of Thrones <laughs> is violent. I mean, Downtown Abbey is like non violent. <laughs> You know, it's just not. Oh, it's not Game of Thrones. Okay. Or Crown, or whatever. But, you know, like the politics of it, it's medieval times, it's old. Right, but right. no, Game of Thrones. I, I was, I was, I wasn't gonna mess with it. I've never been into like um, sci-fi stuff or or like yeah, medieval me stuff. But but then my wife made me watch the first episode, and you got Some, hooked. Yeah, something crazy happens at the end, and you're like, oh. yeah, because you're thinking that you know. I know Ed Sheeran was on it. Yeah, Who? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, you guys go way back, right? Oh, me and Jamal. You, you and me Jamal and go way. Well, well <laughs> no, there's a story no, there. Just, no, I'm just kidding. Me and <laughs> yes, I asked Jamal and I went to high school together. Poly, yeah. uh, poly, poly prep. prep. Mm-hmm. Poly prep. Yeah, that's kind of the well to do. Yeah. Well, well you know, we took the yellow I got bus there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got bus some, there. Some people were, were in straight up, I don't know what, Ferraris. and Yeah, not us. Yeah. Did that experience change your respective lives, going to Poly Prep? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, no I, Yeah. I got out of there, though. Remember, I couldn't. St- Didn't you go out, get out and come back? Yeah. So, you gra- did you graduate from Poly? Yes, I graduated uh-huh. from Poly. So I went to Poly Prep from seventh grade to ninth grade. Mm. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. What, what couldn't you take? It was like super racist. It mm. was. It really was. Like, I remember um, somebody sent out, like, racist uh, mm. Valentine's Day cards. You know how you could, like, send anonymous Valentine's <laughs> Day cards? And then, I, yeah, it was pretty bad. And um, right. I remember my friend, she was dating uh, this mm. Italian kid. and Why'd she do that? No, well, playing. she was Italian also. <laughs> just as <a> good. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah, she was white. And she, but she was super cool. And she told me that he was like, I would never kiss a black woman and like just all kinds of nasty things that he was saying and it, and she was like I don't think I could be with him anymore after that mm. and it's just certain things like people would say to me like oh Angela you know you're cool you're not like other black people mm. and I'm like what I am so right, right, right. <laughs> but it was just but like it, a but it's a good learning experience about, it was about a, how it's gonna right, be yeah. as soon as you get out it was uh, <laughs> I, I, I must tell you man it was hard though I hated it like I was like I have to get out of here so I left and we moved to Jersey, and I told my parents, I said, I got to go to public school. I don't want to go to private school anymore. I did. And I went to public school. And even if we stayed in Brooklyn, I was going to go to Midwood mm-hmm. High School. But then we ended up moving to Jersey. I went to public school there. But I was really bad, and I cut so much, I almost got left back. But I was mm. a straight-A student. Mm. And so my parents sent me back now, to college. Was that, was, that, was that less diverse? It was mostly, mostly black? It was very mixed. Mm. It was really mixed. But... Yeah, I was just happy to be away from, like, just, it was so crazy to me there. I mean, there were well, some good people, but. What was the difference when you came back? Like in your, I'm going to tell you, I feel like it changed a lot in those couple of years that I was gone. Because all of a sudden, it got super cool to be black. Like, in a oh, really quick period years, of right? time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Tribe Called Quest years or something. When everybody was like, I'm part even of Wu-Tang. The, even the white, even the <laughs> you know white, what I even mean? The white kids, right? They want to be black, too. Right. Yeah, so that happened really quickly. Mm. Like, I left and then I came back and, like, all the white guys liked me and they were listening mm. to hip-hop music, but they weren't doing that when I left. So then it turned into this whole them trying to be black kind of, like, more. Which can be just as distasteful. You know, I mean, so I, 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 the reason, I mean, 
So Jamar was always just yeah, yeah, unapologetically you, Jamar? black. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're, tell, you're telling but us about. A, but you, I was you're talking ad- about you. You. you wait a <laughs> no, we're not going. No. So so Angela was. She was kind of complimenting you on how you got you pulled your life together, right? You said. Yeah, I said. <laughs> listen, Jamal used to be a mess when we were younger. First of all, listen. Shout out to Jamal's. I was. I was. Uh, I was parents, because his parents are awesome, <laughs> right? right? And his, his whole family awesome. incredible. But Jamal, I know they, I know <laughs> but, they had but, to have some type of disappointment early on, and they were nervous. But what kind Jamal, of thing? Was he just like didn't go to class, or was just? He was, Jamal was just like, I can't even explain it. Is Jamal Jamal's was like disc- kind of like walk slow everywhere. You know how we walk around, and we, <laughs> Jamal would just be real cool, chill, just too chill. You know. And <laughs> then a, not, how long no you took you to graduate no from of, how no long you took you to graduate from college? Uh, <laughs> wow! Five, Damn, five, Angela, five you going plus, there? Five plus years. Now you're right. You're right. No, I'm you're dead right. serious. Well, it took me five years. Yeah, I took. I, I, and I transferred. And years. I transferred. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't. And, I didn't graduate from the original school. I went. But you went to A&T. You but finally, I, I finally went to an HBCU. Yeah, I went to right. HBCU. Got right. my got my act together. They right. went to law school. But he yeah, didn't see? even know what he wanted to do. No, no. Right. So when Jamal decided he was going to law school, I was like, When did you decide you? But and then I was like, Wow, how long is that going to take? <laughs> but no, and I was, left down goes Frazier. I was concerned though because I was like, <laughs> concerned. I was concerned about Jamal. I was like, come on, Jamal. Like we went to Polly. Right, right, right. You mm. know, way down on nights called Diker. Oh wow! So you know the song. You know the song. Oh, you know the song. So now, see, now here's what happens. See, she leaves out of protest, right. and then she comes back. She skips singing this cool song. Yeah. No, but she ain't been back since. She haven't been back to Polly. I came back Somebody's to, go to listen your to graduation. You're you about to get a letter. I came back. I went to Jamal's graduation. Right. Okay. And that's the only time. That's the last time you've been back. So you, guys, so you but, guys were really good friends. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Jamal was like one of my best friends. Like I was always at his house, you know. Truthfully, like he he was he dated my best friend in high school. Mm. So we were all like family, you know. And we're all still really cool with each other. But um, yeah, I haven't really been back and Polly was great for certain things. Like I feel like the education I got there was great. I feel like the sports program is really great. Right. right. You know, you sports sport, at Poly, because right? I played, yeah, Jamal right. played basketball. What did you, you play? I did play basketball also. I played field hockey. I ran track. Oh, wow. I did okay. a lot of different things, and I would never have done that. Like, when I went to public school, I didn't do any of that. Yeah, you wasn't doing nothing. I didn't do anything. Well, because you didn't want to. You didn't even go to you, class. You could have. Oh, I didn't even right. go to class. But <laughs> I think Polly makes you do that, though. They make you do that, because it's part of you either have to um, – what is it? You either have to take some gym classes or you have to play a sport. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I went in playing a sport. So that's the thing, too. Like, a lot of people, like, who I talked to who went there, they had different experiences. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was a, I played basketball. I was a jock, you know, quote, mm-hmm. unquote. Right. So, you know. And the girls liked Jamal when we when he first got there and everything. They just, were like. Just when I first got there. Yeah, when, and then they, <laughs> they got cool real quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. But you know what? Listen, but you know what? I mean, teasing, but there's all an evolution. I mean, mm-hmm. if you stayed the way you were, I mean, heaven forbid, being 15, I'm looking like mm. like those 15, 16, 17 years <laughs> old. Mm. Goodness What were gracious. you like? Yeah, what were you like? 15, I don't know. It was like, you I, don't know? I, you know. Well, well, you know what? I remember. <laughs> I remember, and I just thank God for Morgan. Thank God for Morgan State. Because mm-hmm. I think of kids who, and I work with kids with HBCUs. Right. And HBCUs may get a, a bad, you know, bad rep for some people. But I said, thank God for me going to Morgan. Because mm-hmm. I'm hearing some of the stories that I said, I did not want to spend. I went to, a, I went to a, a, grew up in a black neighborhood in Chicago. Went to a predominantly black high school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Went to Morgan State, you know, played football with Morgan. 
uh, and it was just so nurturing. And then, you know, then then I went to uh, the Afro-American newspaper, started my career there. Then went to Ebony Magazine mm-hmm. with John Johnson. I was th- you know, talking about the, the other segment. Um, but it was it was really cool just to be around black folks in charge. Right. Black folks in position of power. Then I went to the dark side. I went to the Baltimore Sun. And I remember John Johnson asked me when I was going to get the job at the Baltimore Sun. And he said, you know, said, why are you, where are you, going, why are you going to Baltimore? Then he said something that was really interesting. He said, you know, you're going to go to these, you're going to go, and, and when it's time for the great assignment, they're going to give it to the white boy. When it's time for, they're going to give it to the white boy. And in reality, I've had a great career, mm-hmm. but he was absolutely right. <laughs> no, no, he, he was absolutely right. No, it's kind of okay. like, it's, it's kind of like being a, like a foster child or a stepchild or, you kind of get some stuff. You you get your stuff because you're good, but you kind of always know that you ain't necessarily in the blood flow of the family. Right. Right. You know. And I and imagine I hear friends they go to Harvard and all these places, and they they obviously you get great access and all that. Right. But they'll tell you. Right. People say you know I uh, I remember Soledad O'Brien was interviewing this other guy from Harvard, and she was like, how come my my Harvard degree doesn't mean as much as your Harvard degree. You know, and it's 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 these little things. That I just keep thinking, damn, man, I'm glad with my 18, 19, 20 in college, I didn't have to deal with that nonsense. Right, and I even think being a woman is different. Like, mm-hmm. there's definitely an all boys club mm-hmm. in a right. lot of places that you go. At my job, you know, e- even all jobs I've had at Sirius, especially, it's definitely an all boys club there, right. where it's like definitely white men mm-hmm. that run everything. Yeah, yeah, and then even even within your job, like in terms of like. The talent, yeah, you know, in music, the music industry. I mean, on your show, you're the you know you're the female and voice. It's so different, like being a woman and approaching somebody when you want to po- network. Like, if there's an artist on the show and you're like, okay, oh, you know what, I would love to see about doing this, this, and that. Let me get your information. Everybody's like, oh, she's trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Whereas if one of the guys do it, right. it's like, okay, yeah, do hit me up. Yeah, you right. know, and it's then, just such a different feeling. And, when you have, if the, women in, and if there's in any, mm-hmm. and if there's any dispute, yeah. especially in like hip hop culture, or whatever, any dispute, that's the, you know, but if you have a dispute with a male colleague or someone who works somewhere else, that's where they go right ahead. Oh, you know, she was sleeping with this dude. Yeah. You know, they, they Even when I out. first started working at, like, when I got my job at Sirius, I got my job because Eminem's manager, mm-hmm. you know, plugged me in, and they told me at my job, they told me they said this. Like, they admitted it later on, and they felt bad about it, but they were like, you know, when you came here, we were like, oh, who's she yeah. sleeping with yeah. right. to yeah. get this job? Yeah. And it's like, just because yeah. I'm a woman, I have to be sleeping yeah. with somebody because someone that gave me an opportunity? It. And it goes to full circle to yeah. what we're talking exactly. about, the whole, the whole thing right Precisely. now. That's, that's why it's really right. a good thing. Right. That's why a great thing, what's going right. on now, because not only will, hopefully will it affect the, the obvious uh, harassment and, and all that kind of stuff, but the culture needs to, mm-hmm. needs to be changed, you know, to where... Okay, I got a three-year-old son, and if I have, if I have a young daughter, what you know, what what's it going to be like when they're 15, 16, 17, 18? Mm-hmm. Is it will it be different then? Mm-hmm. And the only way that happens is is if this what's happening now we're like overturning things. the whole system, right? That's well, what it's going to take. Let's, let's hope so. Let's hope so. In Ten years, we could actually say this was a sea change. We'll see. Our guest has been the tremendous Angela Yee. She's the uh, star of stage and screen, uh, (laughs) uh, but really the driving force of uh, The Breakfast Club. Uh, She's got a tremendous podcast that you do. So your podcast is every day? Lip service. Oh, yeah, lip service is just once a week. Once a week. Do you think that's enough for a podcast? I mean, as people try to get to a formula. It just depends. Like, 
Yeah, I think it depends on what your podcast is about. If your podcast is about like everyday, you know, the news and current events. But if your podcast is something that's more specialized, it might get like too much to do it every day. Like our podcast is more about like intimate things. Yeah, theirs is way too much for every day. Yeah, it would be a lot. Yeah, no, nah, you don't want to hear know. I do. I like, yeah. yeah I but I, I love that you guys invite me up here. I appreciate it. I remember being on a panel one time with this woman who was um, a sports reporter, and she told, and she was saying how no matter what she does, people go in her comments and say the nastiest, rudest things to her <laughs> yeah, just because she's a woman. Absolutely. And they feel like a woman shouldn't be allowed to report on sports. They don't know anything. And so she was just yeah. telling me how difficult it is. Well, half, half these dudes don't know anything about sports. Well, right. and, that, and that's see, because you're a guy, you get these passes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you get a pass because you're assuming. One of the good things, there's going to be a uh, 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 an NFL uh, play-by-play broadcaster. I'm just slipping on her name. But she's going to start calling games mm-hmm. uh, for the NFL. So, I mean, it's these, it, but there's this thing that all of us, either if you're black or you're a woman, this is progress. It's just these right. incremental changes. But the But the lesson is, if you're a woman, if you're black, and you tell students, like, it's never over. It's never over. I mean, you, you, you could, you know, you make a little bit of progress, but you can't sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's your responsibility in your generation, and you've got to tell women who are, like, in your generation, guys, that, listen, don't sleep on it because there are always people who are trying to roll that stuff back. Right, right always. Trying to get back and it's a responsibility now. Another thing with the, the Me Too, the, you know, hashtag Me Too stuff is, not only is it encouraging people to speak out, but it becomes a responsibility. People, mm-hmm. You know, women are like, oh, this happened to me. I got to speak out. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to and, and, and listen, and I just want to say I understand and sympathize with how difficult that is for some people. We don't know what people's situations right. are. Right. And some people, it's hard for them to speak right. out or they can't do it right away. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say, you know, that you – I don't look at anybody differently just because when it first happened, they didn't say anything. Because right. I can understand and know how difficult it is to have to go out there and put yourself out there like that. But it is important. You got to speak. And important. now you have people that can be supportive of you. And you see all these other examples, so you're not alone. Yeah. Before we let you go, uh, mm-hmm. you got the juice bar. Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah, up yeah, with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jamal, you yeah. don't act like you don't know what's up with that. You <laughs> come to that juice bar. And my little baby, Kareem, uh-huh. his son loves the juice bar. Mm-hmm. And so we have pictures of him in there. But, yes, we have the juice bar in Brooklyn. Um, Juices for Life. It's at 277 Malcolm X Boulevard. And I was just there earlier today, but that is my baby. I love having that juice bar. I love seeing kids getting healthier. I love seeing people that have never had vegetables in their life enjoying their vegetables and having a great time. And it's a beautiful space. So And you do all kinds of stuff like Wealth Wednesdays. You do yeah, I do this financial there. seminars once oh, a wow. month at the juice wow. bar. We just started doing some art stuff there. So the walls are like beautiful brick walls. So we just had our first ever art show and we're going to start curating more of those. And people can buy the art there. So we sold two of those pieces, like you know, like yesterday. Like a, it depends. Whatever the artist charges hungry, for them. I mean, is he like a hungry artist? He was charging one hundred and fifty dollars, and it comes with the frame and everything. Oh, I'll be there tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the same person, you're buying it for one hundred fifty. In three years, right, right, it's right. going to be like $5,000, $10,000. Right. Yeah, so, fingers true. crossed. But, yeah, so we're trying to curate more of those events just to make it really community and have something beautiful there. And there's a lot of people in that neighborhood that, like, want to buy some art for their homes. Mm. So it's just a good opportunity for that. And You got a book club? I have my book club. I do that once a month. Mm-hmm. So um, we just did a book about NWA. Mm. And that was pretty good. Parental discretion is advised. The next book is going to be Tiffany Haddish's book, The Last Black Unicorn. Um, what is it? The Black Unicorn book. I forget. Maybe First Black, Last Black. I forget. But um, her book, which is really good. So I'm excited about that. Wow. Great stuff. Listen, um, 
Man, we could do another hour, actually. But we are <laughs> a year, a year we, from we, now. We we'll do your we, book. Uh, we're gonna do your book for the book club, Bill. When I, is that I actually, coming out? But you know, I like. Oh, you mean another? Not not forty million dollars slaves. Yeah, the next one. You should do that one. That's great. Why don't you do forty million dollars slaves? Okay, we'll do it. But I, but I actually, I come, would love to. But yeah. I'll actually come. Okay. Because I think it. Uh, because a book. Uh, you just have the audio book out. Oh, yeah. the audio book just came out. Okay. But but it'd be great to to come and show up. Yeah, um, we do it in Brooklyn, and it's actually at a sportswear, a women's sportswear store. And we've had some of the other authors come in as well, which is really exciting for them. I think it's better. Actually. Yeah, it's, it's way better. Yeah. The last one, he lives in L.A., he's FaceTimed in, so that was really good. That's, I like to be that person. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so listen, Angela, thank you. Um, man, this has been tremendous and a tremendous admirer of your work and your work ethic. I mean, that's really the thing I really, really come away with, just um, how serious you are about it. Uh, it sounds It sounds very extemporaneous and all that but I mean just the way you prepare I, I love the fact that you've been doing this for a long time and it's, it's just a great lesson to young people that it ain't overnight baby this is this is like the long I can't wait to see where you got you got a birthday coming up January 3rd oh right? yeah you better you guys better be at the party too we were invited <laughs> I didn't do the invite yet uh, I'm in the middle of planning <laughs> it but you guys are gonna love it it's gonna be a day party it's a hooky party so you're gonna have to leave work well, since Perfect. we don't work, that's, that's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Even <laughs> better. But congratulations to you, though, on making big moves still, too, you know? Yeah, it's always, it never ends. Mm -hmm. this, this segment's going to end. But, yeah. But this thing keeps, that's that's the beauty of it. Hey, Angela Yee, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, Jamal. Thank you. For thank still you. being one of my bestest friends. You know. Even after this. <laughs> <laughs> These disclosures. Like, we, we cut it off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much. And we'll be you know, back next week with another version of Bill Roden on sports. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.